Hey folks, welcome to Real Conversations, a space where we discuss the important issues around the country, a space where we tackle the toughest issues that affect the African-American community. My name is Anthony Ellis. I am an educator, co-owner of a family-owned business. I'm also an, an, an advocate, and I want to introduce to you my co-host and my advocate sister, Miss Cassandra Thompson. Go ahead and introduce yourself. Hi, everybody. My name is Cassandra. Um, I am a college graduate from Brookdale Community College here in New Jersey. Also, um, I am a poet and a published author. I just wanted to thank everyone for joining us today. So today we're going to focus on the Brianna case. Um, this is where the three officers were, um, as you know, that the attorney general um, said that there was going to be no um, indictment. Um, it's a scene that we've kind of seen a lot of times. It's kind of uh, a scene that's just way too familiar. Um, we've, I know that we've seen this tape played over and over again with Michael Brown, Eric Gardner, Sean Bell. Um, the list is endless. Um, again, like I said, this wasn't an, an episode that we originally planned, but it's something that we need to talk about because it affects all of us. So I kind of want to kind of just read exactly. This is from NPR. This is kind of an update of what happened. This is, um, so here we go. So following months of um, outrage, activism, and anticipation, a Kentucky grand jury has decided to indict only one of the three Louisville Police Department officers involved in the fading shooting of Breonna Taylor in March. Uh, Brett Hankinson, who was terminated in June, has been charged with three counts of wanton endangerment, which has absolutely nothing to do with, um, with um, Breonna Taylor. This was on wanton endangerment over shooting into a neighbor, neighboring apartment his bond was set at $15,000. That means he won't be going to jail. Um, also, the grand jury also did not announce charges against the other two officers, Jonathan Mattingly and Miles Colesgrove, and the other two officers involved. None of these three charge, none of these three face state charges directly over Taylor's death. Um, again, this was something that was 191 days. It took 191 days, and obviously at the end something that we've seen so many times where the cops just basically are now off the hook. So basically what happens, there could be an investigation with the FBI or it can go into the um, Department of Justice, but being who's in the, you know, who in the White House, you know that nothing's gonna happen there. So basically what's gonna be is pretty much, that's gonna be pretty much about it. So. Let's kind of go into, um, I'm gonna start with you. Just what are your thoughts about it? I think that what happened wasn't right. That's what I think. Um, I think that the shooting and the incident and what happened, I don't think it was right.
for that to happen. I think that for police officers, when they go to a house, they have to announce themselves to let the people know that what house is, what house that they're going to visit, who's at the door. Um, and since they didn't tell the people that was at the door, hi, it's the police, you know, hi, it's the police. Um, and then having the people inside the house think that it's, that there's an intruder at the house. I think that it was a fault on a police perspective because I feel that they should have announced themselves. That's what didn't happen. If they would have announced themselves, then I think this incident wouldn't have happened. I um, actually 100% agree. I think the same way that you're feeling I think that just the fact that obviously again as I've said mentioned before that we've seen this take place so many different times I mean I've never heard of a no not warrant where um, first of all I think Deanna Taylor was uh, sleeping I mean well mm -hmm. he was sleeping so she was basically yeah, she was wasn't and I guess there was some some something with the boyfriend where there was some competition. I don't know. Yes, the boyfriend thought that there was a that there was an intruder at the house. Right, exactly. And because he didn't hear anybody say hello, this is so and so. Right. And I think that there was if when there was no announcement, I mean some people um some people have said that he was shooting back or retaliating, but you know, I think he was trying to I, but I think that he was as completely as innocent. But um, I think that, first of all, I mean, 191 days, I mean, you could have told us about five, six days later that you weren't going to do anything. So, I mean, to me, I just, just don't understand the fact that, that it's basically okay for an officer not, don't have to say anything um, and just say, okay, I'm just going to go and just, intrude this person and then just shoot randomly and then that's it and then I guess Attorney General said it was okay so but I think the bigger problem issue is is what um, Benjamin Crump said about several times um, I think the big issue here is just that that there's a tale of two justice systems where yeah basically you have a justice system that's just for white people then you also have a justice system for black people where the justice system just where white cops can get away, where a black person can get murdered and nothing happens to him. I said, well, he was in his rights. Um, mm -hmm. So I think to me, it's just, it's just not right. Um, so when you see, um, I guess my next question is, when you see all these protests coming around, and of course I've already seen on Facebook a lot where a lot of people are kind of like saying, well, the officers are right for what they did. Um, this is, has nothing to do with a, um, um, this has absolutely nothing to do with racism. It's nothing. I mean, they said that, well, it's the boyfriend's fault and the police were acting, were doing their job. Um, so, um, and then of course, they also want to blame us again for the 1,000th time saying that, well, we should just have to learn to accept that decision and move on with our lives and don't make it a race issue. So what are you, what's your take on that? I think that um, when people have a job, they should do their job accordingly. If your job is to knock at the door, knock at the door. Um, 
That's what I think. But if you don't do that, then that causes a conflict. So I think that everyone, whether white or black, should be treated respectfully. Um, I know uh, for my job, I'm a person of color and also have a disability. Mm. And when I first um, entered the work world after college, um, I landed a full-time job and I was kind of hesitant to tell my employer that, you know, I have a disability plus um, here are my accommodations. And what was nice was they accommodated me, but also I had to work 10 times as hard as a regular person without a disability. So, and then um, previous to that, I've had many jobs up to my job now where when I was searching for a job and I got that job. So I had to be uh, knowledgeable and I also had to be vulnerable. I had to tell them, you know, I have a disability. I need these accommodations. Can you help me? And they said, well, yes, we can do that. So I said, okay, great. You know, I, I told them what type of learner I am. They understood that. So then I have duties every day, every day that I went to work. Well, three times, three days a week that I had to go to work. So I think that people, whether white or black, have disability or not have a disability, they should be treated with respect. Um, also, they should be treated with respect regardless of if they work full-time, part-time, or if they're volunteering. Um, so I've had many experiences with working, but with also volunteering. And when I volunteered at um, the hospitals in New Jersey, um, it was really awesome because I knew what department I wanted to work in. Um, and I was determined with that and I calculated hours um, and I got, a, I got an award for it as well. So um, I just have the determination and the drive to help people. And I feel that if you have a job where you where your job's to help people, whether you're a physician, nurse, physician assistant, office assistant, you know, do your job the way that um, your employer wants you to do it and do it to the best of your ability. Understandable. I think that's pretty much, um, again, that's again, that's very, very key. I think everyone should be treated um, respectfully. Um, so um, I think also, so let's kind of talk about like the protests that's going on. Okay. So, I mean, let's, as you know, as you can see so many times, um, first of all, yeah, what are some words that you think of was when you, like, for the 5,000th time, there's no enlightenment? How does that make you feel as an African American in living here? Um, the word anger comes to mind. Um, also, the word 
um, anger and like shameful also. Okay. Um, yeah, let's see. I think anger, I think right now the feeling of numbness comes up because at this point you're just shocked, you're speechless. I mean, you've done so much and at the point you just feel like almost that nothing is working, which is not true because obviously the only way how you can fix that, obviously you, you, know, you have to keep on protesting and also go to the ballot box and vote because that's the most important thing. But right now I just feel just that numbness feeling right now where it's just, just speechless because you've just seen it so many half times happen a million times and now it's just like they just don't care to be honest i mean this the justice department don't work for us it works for a certain type of people um and um i think what also is kind of a little bit hurtful as well um is i was looking online um this you know sometimes you can do like the little facebook conversations Mm -hmm. and I think I was talking to some people and there was like some person I'm not I don't put names out there I keep them unanimous um mm -hmm. who wrote a comment was talking about how she was upset and it was talking about you know God and lamenting which is also important and I kind of explained to her I said yes I'm glad to see that you're upset and anger I said but I said but one way how to get out of this is number one because obviously she was a free Asian and I was explaining is that there's a couple of things that you can do is number one, not only just pray, but also you have to talk to people like us that are hurting because I, I agree that keeps on playing over and over again. I mean, we go all the way back to Sean Bell, I mean, further than that, Diallo, and even going all the way back to the civil rights movement, I said, you compare the civil rights movement and Jim Crow all the way up to now, it's the same thing. Correct. It's, that, it's just a version of um, Jim Crow happening right now yeah. in the criminal in, in, in justice system and mm -hmm. people are hurting. And what I have to try to explain is that Instead of, and I know there was one person that came in and was criticizing saying, well, that's how the system works. And you always like to play the race card, blah, blah, blah. You need to get right of God, this and that, the other. And I said, and I had to write that comment back. And I had to say to him, I said, well, no, no, no. I said, that's, that's, those are not comforting words. I said, instead of criticizing, I said, right now, the decision is over. There's nothing that, that nothing that we can do right now. I mean, once they made that decision, I said, FBI not going to do anything. You know that the criminal justice system is not going to do anything. So mm -hmm. that's over. It's over. There's this opportunity as, I guess, as Christians to come together. And I'm sorry if I'm a little bit jumbled up right now, but okay. this is a point where there has to be some type of bridge. There has to be a bridge where Christians, where as what you're supposed to do as Jesus like people is that you need to come and nurture kind of like figure out just sit down and just listen to 
what they are, why we hurt. I think that there needs to be some point of sitting down and just listening and just let people just express how they feel. I agree. Um, that's, I agree. That's what um, Bishop Michael Curry talked about uh, last week on Channel 4 on uh, the Hoda and Jenna show. Um, he had a book and he was saying about um, the different things that are going on in the world. If we can come together in love as people, then that can really help us. Yeah, absolutely. And I think also is not, and also love goals is an action word, right? Yes. Action word. So when we say love, that means, and there are some things that's going to make you feel uncomfortable. And yes, mm -hmm. we're not saying, as we're not telling you to do something that's just not comfortable. But I mean, actually, we do want you to do something that makes you step out of your comfort zone. Actually, that's what we do want you to do. So let me rephrase. Mm -hmm. um, but what we need you to do is when there's like a protest, there's a rally, or there's a town hall, instead of complaining and criticizing, saying, oh, these are violent people, these are Marxist people, um, they just, they're just to cause trouble and the media is just covering it and nothing else to do. I said, no, I said, instead of doing that, why don't you actively participate? Like back in the day, remember um, 1960, um, Dr. in the 60s, when they were marching across the bridge, the yes. Edmund Pettus Bridge, remember yes. that? And where John Lewis and Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, the first time we knew what happened, where they were really beaten, they were really attacked. Guess what those people did? Instead of complaining and saying, oh, well, they should know what they should know better, things like that. No, no, no. You know what they did? Clergymen, rabbis, yes, all members of the church, mm -hmm. young and old, they all came down to Alabama and they all marched together. As well. And guess what happened? Police stepped out the way and they can they continue on. That was a moment they needed to get. We need to bring that back again. Unlike churches, white churches, I said, instead of just complaining, you should also be part of the march. Be part of the rallies, be part of the solution. Have a town hall. If you don't want to be part of a rally, that's okay. Have a, some type of a town hall forum where you're just sitting down and you're listening. Work with people, work with progressive people. Learn to step out of that bubble because until you do that, nothing is going to change. And that's the problem. What do you think? I agree with you 100%. If we uh, come together as one unit to make change, I think that's a good solution. We should do that. Absolutely. I mean, I guess we can kind of talk about police reform a little bit. Okay. Not a lot. We still got. A that's, that's okay with me. Okay. So let's kind of, kind of uh, talk a little bit about police reform. Um, okay. But, you know, so, but when you see these things happen with George Floyd, with Breonna Taylor, Sean Bell, um, and you hear the words, uh, Defund the police. What does that mean to you? 
I'll let you explain your opinion, your, your thoughts on that, and then I'll explain mine. The definition of defund means that the police officers and it's in the police department will not get money. They won't be employed. I think that's what defund really means. Okay. So what does that mean? Like in your opinion, do you support it? Um, yes, no, and just give us your reason. Okay. Um, I don't support defunding the police because we do need we do need them in our communities. Um, we j just the same thing as we need firefighters and EMTs. I work in the um, medical field, so we do need EMTs. We do need doctors. We do need nurses. You know, I feel that police officers are essential because they help the people, and they also um, they're like a liaison for the people to help them. You know, that's. That's why police officers are there to help us in our time of need, whether it be a flat tire or um, we need help for some reason, the police are there. Okay. Uh, so so um, I think obviously you kind of will go against a lot of what people were saying mm -hmm. uh, about defunding the police because um, obviously um, I'll, I'll explain my opinion in a second, um, but um, what are, so you say defund the police, you say defunding the police is wrong, right? Because you say it helps. Correct, yeah. Public safety they and need, all. There are people just like us, they need, they need money to support their family, if they have a family, mm -hmm. to support themselves if they're single, mm -hmm. need employment so so here's my question then to you if this okay. okay, I ask because I'm, I'm I like to challenge people okay so here's my challenge to you now picture this let's say you're in a like an inner city area like New York City or mm. Pittsburgh Philadelphia um mm. and there's just a lot of I mean you kind of just see the police incidents you see where police harass people all the time even though a lot of times we don't see it on the news, but it happens all the time. I see it happen all the time. Um, and these can be like the simplest misdemeanors as in like, I mean, in a subway where one person didn't put her, her, his mask on black and they kind of just dragged them up the steps. Um, that was oh, that wow. earlier. Um, and then in Philadelphia where there was a guy who forgot to put their mask on, refused, it was a black guy. They actually had to get like two or three people to pull them off the bus. And I mean, literally with their hand, they had their, his got their hand, they literally had to almost drag him like that, which is crazy. So, I mean, yeah. like, so this- I, I the, agree with you. So I the thing is, my statement. So the thing is, no, no, I, I, I no. The, the thing is, here's what I'm trying to get at here. Mm -hmm. uh, so you say not to defund the police. So what is your solution then? Because you still have a problem with militarization of police. You have still have militarization. You have police departments that have that military or that gangster style mentality. So in other words, what I'm trying to say is you have a lot of police departments that use that gangster style 
militia style mentality. And we want to get rid of militarization out mm. of the police department. And you also do know that a lot of these police departments, especially in these big cities in the Northeast, are run by the police union. So without all that being said, you say not, you say that defunding the police is not a good thing. So what is the solution then? I think that the solution should be change for the police department to change how they treat people. Don't treat people like they don't matter because they do. Treat people with respect because you're serving the community, serve the community right instead of serving the community wrong. Okay, so. Um, the person being dragged off the bus and the subway incident, I've never, I've been on the subway and those things haven't happened. I haven't seen anything like that, but to witness it, if I witnessed what you did, I would say to myself, what happened is wrong and it needs to change. Okay. So you say, do you think that they should retrain? Yes. Okay, so you're saying training. Okay, all right. They should be accountable for their actions. Okay, I think I, I can go with that. Um, I, okay. I agree with you on that. Um, okay, now let me give my opinion. Um, I think the word defund, I think when the first word, thing people come out is obviously taking funding out of the police department, which, you know, I do agree. I think that the police department has way too much money. You don't need all this money to be bullying, bullying us or- I agree. So, and I think that, or using military style weapons to kill us and then obviously get away with them because the system works in their benefit. That's how the justice mm -hmm. system works in the United States of America. So when we say the word defund, I think what they're saying is getting rid of, first of all, taking the militarization out of policing. I think allocating those funds instead of to the police or law enforcement is taking it to where, taking that to funds where, where the lower class, working class community needs it the most. Like healthcare, obviously you always need youth empowerment programs, you always, you know, trying to keep kids off the streets and empower them to be great. And I think taking, redirecting the money from the police department and putting it in some, into like services like youth empowerment actually benefits more. So, I mean, you've seen that in New York City a lot where they kind of um, have been doing the whole, have kind of started the process, but obviously the police union isn't happy because obviously, as you see, they got rid of the detect the um, one of the departments. Can't get the name of it right now. But once they got rid of that, then obviously you saw crime go up. But here's a solution, though, to that problem. What we need is that there needs to be more police officers that look like us, like you and me. I agree. And I think we have to go back to the style of where we're doing neighboring policing, which we used to have a long time ago or community policing, where instead of seeing a white officer in their neighborhood, that they're seeing more of us, mm -hmm. Hispanic, Asian, 
people like look like us actually neighboring the community and they're not sitting there carrying guns and yes you know they have to do their job so you know get rid of crime but mm -hmm. there's no need for people that don't look like us policing us and I, also I, I think that we need to get rid of policing period because they're not interested in our they, they have no interest in our interests there's no need for them in our community that's only the one union that i think that we need to get rid of defund immediately because they're just out there to harass people they're, they got that old style of jim crow so obviously we don't need police unions we need we need neighboring police that's my opinion i agree with you we need to have a community of police officers that are nice, that look like us, that can sympathize with us, that don't jump, don't jump into conclusions with us. We need like friendly police officers. That's what we need. <laughs> yeah, finding friendly police officers can be hard to find. Um, but yes, I do agree on that as well. Um, so, I mean, I think that is a toll because if when you see more neighboring polices like neighbor, neighbor community style policing like you see in Camden, I mean, you wouldn't see a police brutality, cases of police brutality in Camden because most of the, most of the law enforcement are black and Latina. So they look like us. So, I mean, that's the, that's the difference. I mean, you know, that I think we should get rid of guns, period, because you don't need them. I agree. I mean, what, what are you trying to shoot? I mean, that shoot, a gun just gives you more power. So I agree, yeah. We got to get rid of that. So, I mean, if we don't want to have another Breonna Taylor or, no. I mean, and of course, obviously, you know, got to change the policy. They got to get rid of the no-knock warrant thing. I mean, mm -hmm. you don't need a no-knock warrant. I mean, yeah. really, you also need to know and to mind your own business, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. So, I mean, actually, I have something to say. Um, I have a relative who's a probation officer for the city of Jackson, and she looks like us, but she's older than us, though. She's probably in her 60s. Um, she's very nice. Uh, she's been in my family since I was about four or five. Um, She's a nice probation officer, but she knows the law very well. And, you know, I look to her as somebody that I can look up to. And I talk to her daughter, which is my cousin. And, you know, we talk and it's really nice, you know. Um, she married a guy who is a, a respiratory therapist and they live in Jackson. But um, yeah, like we do need people that look like us, friendly police officers, like we do need that. That's very vi vital. Of course, I mean, that's, I think that's like the whole conversation right there is that, you know, we have to change the way how we do policing in the United States of America. And it starts by more officers that look like us. And obviously, you know, training. I mean, half of these people don't even go through training anyway, or they're trained or there's only one style of training 
So, I mean, I think that the first thing they train the stereotypes where most of the burglars or the thieves, when you look at it in the trainings, look like us, right? Yeah. And in reality, it's the other way around. I mean, anybody can be a thief, right? Correct, yes. So there you go. I think that training was very, very key. I mean, there has to be some reverse training. And it also mm-hmm. has to be that, um, uh, was it cultural competence or that, um, that racial diversity training that, you know, people have to take? I mean, they, there has to be some type of diversity training because they have to get that mindset out that they're not all criminals because that's Correct. the first thing that they think of. I mean, I think that's what happened is that first thing they think they, they, that soon all of a sudden we get all abusive or angry, they assume that we are already criminals. I right. mean, Donald Trump. So, but anyway, I think mm-hmm. as we're running out of time, um, first of all, I just, this has been a great conversation. Um, again, this was a conversation that, you know, we weren't planning on having, but I think that we just have to get our feelings out, right? And kind of yes, we do. conversation about, a real conversation about um, police brutality, right? Yes. So, I mean, what are some of your closing words? Final thoughts. My final thoughts are that we need to come together as one, as one unit. Um, in the case of Breonna Taylor, that's what we need to do. In the case of police brutality, that's also what we need to do. We need to come together as one unit. We need to be kind to one another and love each other. I think those are some good words. Um, also, my opinion, I think we need police reform. Um, I think that, again, I've said it before, we need to get military styles out of policing. We need to get rid of police unions. We don't need them. Um, and lastly, one thing that really is going to make a change is November 3rd. Yes. Everyone has to vote. I mean, out and vote. You gotta go. You have to go to the ballot box. I mean, that's yes. the only way that you're going to get systematic change. Because with this administration, you're not going to see that, unfortunately. Four more years of this. I said, you give them four more years. What is happening now is going to get a lot worse than it is. And everybody, whether you like Joe Biden or you don't, this is not no endorsement. If you don't endorse people, is that you need to vote. Mm-hmm. Everybody in the administration that doesn't stand for us needs to go. Simple as that. So yes, and also your vote matters. Some people might think that it doesn't, but it actually it does. Mm-hmm. And think about this. Oh, sorry, didn't mean to cut you off. Definitely get out there and vote. Um, whether it's through getting out in person or doing the mail-in voting, definitely get on that and do it. Exactly. Or stand in line. Yes, or stand in line. Bring a chair. I mean, yep. it's going to be a long day. I mean, and one thing I was about to say is that actually, though, when you do vote, when it comes to those municipal governments in a state, especially when it comes to state and city, local, those are those officials that elect those those sergeants, the attorney generals. That's why we tell you to vote because that will determine exactly who's going to become the next attorney general of your state who's gonna be running your police departments, law enforcement, things like that. 
That is why your vote is important. And first of all, I would like to personally like to thank everybody for joining us on this important conversation. I hope, we hope that you feel inspired and motivated to be part of the social justice movement. And if your friends, family, church aren't involved, convince them to be. We need everyone to be lockstep in this never ending battle or else we will lose everything that we and our ancestors have worked so hard for in this nation. If you have any comments, suggestions, or recommendations on this episode and on future episodes, um, you can email me, Anthony, at aellis201835 at gmail.com. Or you can contact uh, Cassandra. What is your email? A, the number two, H-U-R-O-N, 2006 at AOL.com. Mm-hmm.